0: Welcome to The Blossom Experiment, a podcast in which we talk about authenticity, intuition, and intuitive living. My intention is to inspire and help you tap into your uniqueness so you can create a life that is meant for you and no one else. With your host, Camille Minerva. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, we have someone that we've had four times I think already or three other times which is Lisa. Lisa is a beautiful friend of mine and she is a self-love coach. We have interviewed each other for our podcast and then we had so many expensive conversations that we decided to just make this like a regular thing. So this is a recording that we did I think it was over four months ago and I'm finally getting around to edit it and publish it for this week's episode episode and we are basically talking about control. We talk a lot about control in relationships specifically. We talk about control in business, in a coaching business. Um, We talk about the spiritual ego, detaching from spiritual ego, um, letting go of fear. I also share a very funny story in the end, towards the end. It's honestly my favorite part of the episode is towards the end and I share a very funny story of when I lived through a very spiritual time in my life and how toxic that ended up being as well and how spirituality can bleed into our lives in a toxic way and how we also can end up spiritually bypassing and um, self-abandoning due to spirituality. So It's a really fun episode. It's packed full of, I don't know, just overall discussions from two women who are figuring out the world, you know? Also, if you're someone who's curious about traveling with your intuition and how to do that, I have a really cool announcement towards the end of the episode. So make sure you stick until the end of this episode to listen to this new project that I have coming soon. And yeah, I hope you all like it. And without further ado, let's just dive in lisa welcome back to the podcast i'm so excited to have you here again once again the first time that we had a conversation over on my podcast was amazing and then we went on to have an amazing beautiful and flowy conversation on your podcast and then we're back again here and i feel like this has just become a monthly thing you know of our flowy chats with lisa and cammy so welcome (laughs) how
1: how are you today I'm good. You're going to laugh. I don't know if you saw my stories yesterday, but I was editing our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It was the first one that I edited myself. So I was having a lot of difficulties layering everything, but I got it figured out. So I'm super excited for that to air uh, pretty soon. This week, tomorrow. Is today Wednesday? Yeah,
0: tomorrow. <laughs> I'm super excited for it as well because I will also air it on my podcast. So I'll make sure to put all of the show, uh, all of your, the information on Lisa's podcast and everything and her amazing work on the show notes and the episodes that we've recorded in the past. So you can go ahead and listen to our beautiful voices in on and on other episodes. (laughs) (laughs) So the way that we are actually doing this, if you are listening, we have decided to actually make this kind of like a monthly, we don't have like a, a specific routine, but it's like a checkpoint every like month or every you know couple of weeks or something like that in which we just hop on a call and then we tell each other what has been coming up to us in our lives in our personal lives in our professional lives and then from that point we decide on a topic and then we press record so it's very like in the moment feeling the energy and things like that so it's very very flowy and today we were both talking and what we wanted to dive into today was about the energies of control and how this might show up in our spiritual journey but also in our relationships in our lives in our careers um you know wanting to control other people's paths other people's actions um and how as well, we can a lot shame ourselves a lot for being controlling persons, but then how can this also support us in our journey? So yeah, just let's you know share share your thoughts with us, Lisa like <laughs> 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 you know, that.
1: and this is something that came up to me. I think control is just such an interesting part of not only you know the spiritual journey but just human life in general and i noticed it became very strong for me early um i would say when i when i was when i first got sober this was back in 2011 and i remember i was on this spiritual journey i was on my spiritual hilltop blah 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 <laughs> and i And like, for some reason, I had this naive thought that, oh, if I'm spiritual, other people are spiritual too, you know, (laughs) they're they're doing the work too. And so anytime I would come back home and visit my family, because I was living in New York at the time, I would think, oh, I I would kind of just be very um, pretentious about what I was learning and I would want everybody to just know about it. And I remember just telling my mom and almost shaming her in a sense of, well, "Why don't you? Ha- why aren't you living this spiritually woke life?" You know. Um, and I I see this happen a lot with people that are particularly new. And, and on the spiritual journey, or maybe a different path. And sometimes you start to question and you start to think, oh, well, you know, maybe I can't have them in my life anymore, whether it's, you know, relationships you have, or you just notice there's a divergence in your path. Um, and so that, I think, in the beginning, that's what control looked like for me. What was it like for you when you were first on this whole? journey so
0: totally totally resonate with that like so much and I think that once you start when you start anything in life, but, like, when you start spirituality, you bring your ego a lot in it, you know? So, you're like, oh, my God, I'm so much better than you. Like, I remember that I, I felt, like, so superior because I meditated. I was, like, <laughs> wanting to make sure that everyone saw. I was like, guys, um, I'm about to go meditate, okay, for 20 minutes. Because, you know, I have this meditation practice. So, yeah, just so you know, um, I meditate, okay? So, yeah, <laughs> just going out, meditating, and I'll be back. Because I'm this, like, super peaceful human um, which was not the case at all but yeah I remember that I really felt like spirituality was my identity you know like and I also worked for a, a spiritual company for two years so I really like lived and breathed spirituality and all I wanted to talk about was spirituality so yeah I for sure judged a lot people you know like oh my god you are not on your spiritual journey like what are you even doing you know how are you even living like and yeah I don't know like it took me some years to get kind of like flow out of this state and I remember that I was talking to this uh, he's actually my cousin's husband he's super spiritual super amazing guy and I remember I was telling him he was giving me a ride to his farm in the UK And I was telling him how I felt like, you know, there are like several people that they just, it feels like they're almost avoiding to do the work, you know, like avoiding to go down the spiritual path. Because I had this core belief that everyone on planet Earth in this moment in time was supposed to go through that. And I remember that he said something to me that, I like, I don't know, it it was so simple and so obvious, but it changed a lot of the way that I see the world. And he just said, like, Camille, maybe these people in this moment in time, their souls, they didn't come to earth to go through a spiritual path. They just came to earth to experience, like, working on a a job, like, a regular job, having their money, going out to eat, and that's it, you know? And that's not it doesn't make you more or less or them more or less. It just doesn't make them wrong. It just makes like different spiritual or like soul purposes, you know? And I was like, oh my God, it's totally right. You know, like it's like not everyone is supposed to be in this path. And I think that when we try to control whether our other people should be on a spiritual journey or not, we are putting ourselves as we have like the answer as as if we are right and we are superior and they are less and they are wrong you know it's like so if i'm trying to control someone to do something that i perceive it's the right like it's it's because i perceive it's the right way and the right way to live and the right way to do things and when we do that we actually are failing to recognize the other human as a sovereign being and failing to recognize their authentic self because we think we know best. And that's mm-hmm. just like not really spiritual.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because. So I, I I heard, you know, I had a moment like that as well. And someone said it along the terms of who am I to control another spiritual being? Right. Mm-hmm. And. But there's something along the lines of when it becomes detrimental because it is very, very, very interesting when you have something that you're so excited to share. Maybe you have this new tool and you just want to tell everybody and you want everybody to feel as good as you. So there is some sort of, you know, good intent. But then where it gets to the point where it's detrimental is when you start to believe that that is only the only way. And you start to berate other people and all of that stuff. um, And you just have that one track mindset. And I think it's so important, like you said, to allow people to have their own experience. Because when you start to think you know better, Or when I start to think that I know better, I feel like I have my God hat on, that I am like somehow the creator of the world, that I know what this person should do. I know. And that is why I wanted to bring that topic up today is because I started to notice that that was coming up and not many, I find not many people talk about this in the coaching industry Um, I've talked to some therapists or I have friends who are therapists and they talk about how it shows up in their work and they have a therapist that they advise with and they have clients and they talk about their cases. But I noticed that it was coming up for me of thinking that I knew better than, or like how to get my clients to achieve a certain thing. And, you know, uh, my therapist actually put me in check. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) you know, what you may think is the best way, might be different for what they think for them and what their transformation is. And at the end of the day, all people want to feel is heard, acknowledged, seen, and loved. And if you provide that, then that is a transformation, right? Because that ultimately makes them feel empowered in that environment and they can do the things that they want to do. Because ultimately for me, when I think I want to control someone, I'm undermining their ability, like you said, to be a sovereign human being and choose their own experience. They're not kids. I mean, unless they are, then, you know, obviously it's like different guidelines, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I love that.
0: And I am thinking of how this applies to my own life as well, because normally when I try to control like my partner, or my family, or something like that. It is me basically saying to them, like, you don't know what you're doing. I know better than you because this worked for me, so you should be doing what worked for me, which is really interesting because the whole purpose of my podcast and my message is to make everyone feel like they are their own sovereign being, so they are their unique selves, so they can follow their own paths. So, why am I here in my life trying to like say the opposite of the thing that I believe in and the thing that hurt me so much while I was growing up was that like was people in my family or in society telling me like you don't know what you're doing you don't know how to feel happy and fulfilled so just follow my way and then you will find it you know or like you don't know how to um sell courses. So, you know, do it in, like me, cause then you get results. Like, yeah, I can get results and I can feel happy, but it doesn't mean that I will and that this makes sense for me. So if I am here saying like ah meditation brings me a lot of happiness, mom, you should start meditating. Maybe for her, what brings her happiness is cooking, you know? And for me, it's it is, but like maybe for me it's not, you know. So Who am I to say that my way is the right way instead of just accepting the other person as they are? And I think that control also goes a lot in that. It's like the acceptance of difference, the acceptance of where the person is, the acceptance of who they are in their core, in their essence. And yeah, I feel like it's a big, big challenge because when we do that, we rob them from exactly what you said, like the most beautiful thing that you can give a human being is the opportunity for them to feel accepted and enough and heard and seen. And what I think it's really interesting in what you're saying in your case of like being the coach and wanting to control the transformation of your clients, like I think it's a little bit of like redefining your role in their lives. It's like your role, your job is not to get them to the transfer, like it is, but it's not to necessarily get them to the transformation. It's to create the space so they can transform themselves because the transformation will come from their sovereign so, so, sovereignty and their own timeline. And maybe it won't be on the 8th weeks that you will be working together maybe it will be in eight months or eight years but you held the space for that like fire to start you know like ignite but and it doesn't mean that you're not doing a good job it just means that it's not your job to do to make the transformation happen in your it's your job to give them the tools and the the support and you know making them feel heard and listen blah 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 but ultimately you're not the one that's going to make them like I don't know stop seeing the toxic person or whatever you know like you're not gonna take them (laughs) their phone in their head in your hands and then text the toxic person like okay now we're breaking up and then like forcing them to stay inside and help to hold them captive you know like the, and I think that not only for coaching clients, but in our lives, like our roles with other people who are around us is not to control them and make them go down the path that we think is best for them. It should be there and support them and hold space for them and help them and maybe give the tools and offer our guidance of like our inspiration of what helped us and then then it's like, it's them, you know, then they are on their own journey and whatever they want to do with that. It's like frustrating for you, but it's not like, yeah, we have to learn to detach as well, you know, from
1: (laughs) from the other person. Yeah. And I think you just bring up a good point because in that process, and we talked about it in the green room before we started of just this ego that comes along with it. Right. And I was making it more about me and having their transformation be a reflection of me, which I think gets so entangled in the business too. Um, Or like even a teacher thinking, okay, if my, if my kids don't pass, then that means this class sucked or I didn't do enough or, you know, with parenting, I assume and so it was so interesting to realize just how much my ego was mired in it. And it was less about the whole process of letting it be organic and fluid. And for me, something that has definitely come up is just so I'm a 5-1 generator and one is all about Fucking researching. <laughs> searching. I saw this meme the other day of where it was a dog in a bed and he was on his laptop. And <laughs> it was like, oh, you know, find uh, a one profile researching at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and that is so me. And I feel like the last year has been about what does it mean to work with the life force energy? Shakti, kundalini, your chi, all of that stuff, whether you activate it in a sensual way, whether you do it through kundalini practices or whatever. Um, And I started to notice that, and this might be like a little heady, (laughs) like a little, (gasps) um, but just being able to know that it's not me doing it, but I'm having actually like co-creating with a divine force or the life force or whatever. And I'm doing the artist way right now. And it talks a lot about like working with that creativity. And I was listening to a podcast with Rick Rubin on, on being podcast. And it was about his process of, you know, how he's helped so many different musical artists tap into their creativity. And essentially it is about working with this energy. And so when I feel like I'm the one doing it, I don't allow the magic that's supposed to happen because I feel that I'm contorting it to a certain way. Um, and then ultimately at the end, I end up getting frustrated. And then I'm like, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> and so knowing and kind of relaxing and surrendering this piece of, I am not the only person person on this earth. I'm not the only person in this relationship, but there's some sort of like spiritual layer to it that I can't make sense of or even quantify, but allowing that, like, I guess, magic and mysticism involve, also take place is something that's beautiful. And so I'm learning to just relinquish my ego in a different way. I've done it through family done it through romantic relationships but then doing it in business is something that i'm exploring right now so
0: i think it's so interesting because ultimately the only reason like when we boil it down the reason why we lean and gravitate towards control is because we're afraid of something Mm -hmm. so i think it's really interesting to kind of assess the areas in your life where you're controlling more and mm-hmm. then asking yourself, why am I controlling this? So for example, like in my own relationship, there are several <laughs> things that I am trying to control. And when I ask myself, why am I trying to control this and this and that? Ultimately, when it, when I boil it down, it's because I'm scared that if I don't control these things, that I will end up alone, that I will um feel alone in my relationship, that I'll feel disconnected. That's a big one for me. So all of the things that I'm doing, they are not supporting me because like being in a state of control is really, really draining. It drains your fucking energy it's like you're not yourself you're kind of like the sensation that i have when i'm like trying to control situations like i lean forward so i go into the future like i literally like detach myself from my body and like jump into the future with my and like into the inexistent future with my energy so i get out of my groundiness, of my center of my axis you know and then I go into, like, the other person that I'm trying to control. And then I'm, like, just trying to rearrange things. And then the, the other person's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, just go back to your body, you know? But I'm like, oh, my God, I need to control. I need to control. Otherwise, I'll I'll be disconnected. Otherwise, I won't have my needs met. Otherwise, I won't feel seen. Um, I'll, People will walk all over me, whatever it is. But then, like, realizing the why... Will help you go back to your body and then centering and then being like, okay, let's explore those whys. It's like where and like and then of course going back to the famous work, you know, it's like, why yeah. am I <laughs> yeah. afraid of feeling this connection? Why am I afraid of being alone or feeling alone? Is this true? And if I do a lot, if I do decide to release control, what will happen? Like, what does happen? If I have ever allowed myself to release control, you know, like what does happen when I actually allow like release control? And what I constantly try to remind myself of is that normally when you create resistance with something in your life, these things, they tend to grow because that's how energy works. So it's like where you focus your attention, it grows. So if you grow if you focus your attention on the things that are wrong that you're trying to control, normally they will get bigger. Like it's not really going to help. So like that happens so much in my life. Like whenever I have like one pimple on my face, And then I get really obsessed about this pimple and I'm like trying to control it. And I'm like applying multiple different things and then buying all of the creams and everything. And it just makes it worse. And it like, (laughs) and then I get more pimples and more pimples. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like I never have pimples or like, especially not that much. And then I get them and I get them and I'm like, what, what's going on? And eventually, like at some point I I think I get to this point of like, ah, I don't care anymore. And then when I stop caring and stop focusing on it, my, my skin clears, you know? It's so weird. Like, it happened to me, like, in the beginning of the year when I was trying to, like, do all of these crazy things in the, like, last year to, um, like, sync to my circadian rhythm and eating at a certain hour and everything. And then when I stopped doing all of that, I, like, lost, I don't know, like, I lost a lot of weight, you know? Like, without even trying, because I wasn't really focusing on that. And I feel like, again, like, so many, I don't know, I just... And although I know that, like in my mind, I'm telling you, it's like with some aspects of my life, it's still so hard. And I think that the true inquiry, it's not about what the other person is doing right or wrong. It's about why am I not, why am I feeling this need in the first place?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a good point to think about, you know, if you feel like, you know, when, when if I feel triggered, what is coming up for me? Why do I feel the need to control? Why is it coming back? And there are moments on my journey where it definitely has become this ebb and flow thing. You know, there are moments where I'm completely, totally chilled. There are other times where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Da, da, da. Um, And you were talking about relationships and just you know, (laughs) being disassociated from your body in their area. (laughs) And then they're wondering, go back to yourself, go back to your, but I like how you just return it back to you and how important it is to just understand. Cause if anything, at the end of the day, when we have these relationships, it always helps us just to become closer to ourselves, understand our internal mirror, understand what wound is coming up. Why do we feel the need to control what's happening you know the feeling of like feeling disconnected what's coming up for you when that person does that thing and you know i remember when i was in this i was in a relationship with someone where it was very toxic towards the end and i just remember and he was at the towards the end he was an active addict and towards the end i just i put myself in that situation of sometimes not knowing where he would be like not knowing, not hear from him. And, you know, um, and it was just this sense of wanting to control and know where he is and why isn't he responding to me and he needs to respond to me within X amount of hours. And, you know, it almost made me quantify my needs in a way. And that's where my control just completely became out of control. Like it was just crazy, chaotic, um i wasn't sleeping i was losing weight i was balding like all of the things it was just really really crazy and i just you know from that experience i realized that i lost a lot of myself lost a lot of myself and i just never wanted to be in that situation again so it's it's just it just shows you sort of the boundaries of where this, this desire, this need to control others can go if you aren't on top of it, if you don't create boundaries for yourself. And I remember, or, you know, we were just talking about earlier about, you know, how do you decipher? Because sometimes it can be helpful, right? Um, and so what's what's that process like? For you of knowing okay this is a good type of control or this is like okay this is danger zone control
0: <laughs> oh my god but I love your story and I would love to ask you some more questions about this yeah of course I think it's a really good point of like because we are talking about control like you know like um that can arise in situations in, in which it would be easier to just Go inside of yourself and be like, okay, I'm being too controlling. This is not supportive uh, to me. What can I do to, like, not control or something like that? But in your situation, in which he was, and then I don't know. Like, you can talk whatever how how much you feel about this. Like, okay, you don't have to go into like details that you don't feel don't feel comfortable. But in a situation in which like the the other person is not giving you what you feel that you deserve. Right. And then you like feeling the need to control so you can get what you deserve. Or, like, I think that this is very delicate. So, I would love, like, my question for you basically is how did you deal with this in regards to the control aspect? And nowadays, how do you view your past self and what would you have done differently? And like because we can say like Alice, ah, like if you were in that relationship still, like I would say, Ali ah, Lisa, maybe, you know, look at why you are trying to control. But then like it's like why I'm trying to control and still like staying in the relationship. You know what I mean? Like Yeah,
1: I totally know because it relates to the fact of like when do you, when is it your problem? Or like when exactly. is it your right? right? I think that's a question you're really asking me. And um th- this is like This was one of my biggest spiritual bottoms, like big, 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 big T, big T trauma. Um, And I was, was I eight years sober, seven years? I can't remember. Um, But they often say in recovery rooms, like, oh, it's a slippery slope. If you're involved with someone that's drinking or using drugs, you know, you're going to end up using drugs yourself. And. In my gut, really I was like, I knew this wasn't right, but I know he's trying to get sober. You know, maybe I can be there to support, be the spiritual light to bring him back to sobriety. I'll be the one to save him because there's like the fucking savior complex in mm-hmm. it, too. You know, mm-hmm. like I have purpose if I am saving someone in this world, you know, and being the guru in someone's life life. And, but i knew in my gut that it wasn't right that i shouldn't have been in this relationship but there was also this complex of you know trying to make someone love me that was unavailable So that was the subconscious loop in the movie that I was constantly replaying. And so it's like, if I got this one person to change and be sober and love me again, then I've hit the jackpot. And then that means I'm whole and I'm one with myself. So that was what was happening subconsciously. I did not know that. (laughs) I mean, like, I'm a completely different person. That was crazy. But so that's the reason why I kept on staying. And I didn't know why. And so I would think, okay, well, in order to make this person love me, they just need to do these things. They just need to show up on time, they need, like basic stuff. Um, and I have so much compassion for that, Lisa, back in the day, because, you know, she accepted a lot of crumbs. Um, I remember my 30th birthday, he was supposed to show up and he didn't. And I just stayed at home crying, 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 you know? Mm. Um, and so I experienced a lot of abandonment, a lot of abandonment of self. And the thing that really got to me was I knew that I was creating these needs, you know, forcing him like, we need to go to therapy. Da, 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 da. But sometimes we wouldn't show up for therapy, you know? Um, and so it just – you know, when I look at the need of why I needed to control, it it makes perfect sense because I was putting myself in this really chaotic situation, uh, almost to the point it was just, it created so much trauma, but at the end of the day, what made me realize it wasn't for me. And I always ask people this, and I ask my clients this, how far down the elevator do you want to go? And mine, I went pretty dark and I, for whatever reason, you know, this need to control. It's like, okay, maybe his, his, you know, his addiction can be at bay if I live with him like a fucking guardian, <laughs> like his guardian, lock him up in the cage. Like, don't go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let me check your phone. <laughs> Who are you speaking to? You know, all of those things. And so I move out of my apartment. I move in with him, you know, and then within 24 hours, I'm checking his phone, and I see that he's, you know, um, reaching out to a friend to to do drugs, you know, whatever. And not a friend. See, am I like totally covering myself up? No. He he contacted his drug dealer, and um. So what ended up happening is, like that whole time, I was delusional. I didn't. I couldn't see that he was using drugs, but it was so obvious to everyone else. That is like me and my control and my subconscious. Wait,
0: how could you not, like, did you not see it in front of you or? Or
1: it's like when you're so disconnected from your body, you choose to disassociate. I didn't see him actually using drugs, but it was very obvious when you can tell when someone's off and not. Right. Mm. It was the image of what I wanted to project of this fantasy of like, no, we can make it work. And I remember other people just being like, How do you how do you not know? Like that he's on fucking drugs, right? Like, I that's how fucking gone I was. So gone. And um I just, you know when I saw that the actual text message message of him contacting his drug dealer, I was like, fuck, I just moved in with him. I just moved in literally within 24 hours. I had a call to say moving people didn't take anything out of the boxes. And I moved back into my old apartment and I created a lot. I had a lot of consequences. So it not only affected me, but the person who was supposed to move into my apartment had to end up finding something else. I had to like pay her deposit. Like it was a fucking hot mess. It was a hot mess. And I lived with like two other roommates. So I had to notify them. I had to notify the new one. Like, sorry, you're not coming in here. Um, how to pay again for movers. It was just crazy. And I just, the one thing that I didn't mention was that I, at seven years sober, chose to call that drug dealer to confirm if it was, like, really true. And so I, you know, when I, when I told my mentor at the time, she was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Um, and that's when I, it, like, finally hit me of, of, oh, my God, what am I doing? What is this? I just need to get out. I completely lost my sense of self, lost who I was, lost myself in this desire to be loved, to um, and that's why honestly, like that's why I do the work that I do. You know, I don't only focus on toxic relationships, but it's I know what it's like to just be so on that path of having this deep, deep, deep primal desire, pre-verbal desire to be loved because maybe you didn't feel that as a child, and these are the people that you're selecting in your life and the relationships that you have but if you do the inner work you can change that and that doesn't have to be your reality and so this this concept of control is very near and dear i know where it can take me in that specific story but then i also know you know when when it comes up and what i need to do to kind of just like lessen my grip so yeah
0: Wow, what a story
1: i'm really curious
0: no it's crazy but i'm really like because i'm thinking like if it was me saying like in 24 hours like okay i'm gonna move back and everything and then did you break like did you break up and then you never spoke again and or did you
1: (gasps) yeah i i mean we we broke up i just knew at that point like Oh my God. No, it just gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it gets worse. I mean, what ended up happening is I confronted him once I found out that it was the drug dealer. And then he ended up just going and copying drugs. And I copying. was back. At, yeah. Copping, like just going out and, and, you know, getting the drugs from his drug dealer. And, um, and I was at the apartment. I was like, well, I'm not going to stay here. <laughs> I remember buying underwear at like at a dr- CVS, the drugstore, because I didn't have any underwear. I didn't want to stay there um, if he came back all high or whatever. And so I was like, okay, I know that the new girl didn't move into my old place. So I'm just going to, you know, go back there. And I had a girlfriend of mine come with me to get my stuff to monitor the the movers to because at that point I was scared. I had never seen him, you know, after he had just done drugs, but I just didn't feel safe there. And I wanted another girlfriend to be there to kind of diffuse the situation. And then that was it. Like I just blocked him. And so it was really hard, right? That was the the toughest breakup because it was so much shame of, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. How could I even get to this point? Um, shame and, and, and trying to make someone love me that much shame that I didn't leave. Um, and just embarrassment for just even being in that situation. Like how could I have done that? So there was just that, that narrative, that programming, all of those things. Um, But, you know, he tried to contact me, but it's like, no, (laughs) I can't. But it was hard, you know, because it was literally me detoxifying from this relationship that was also like a drug because I felt like I needed it to fulfill myself and make me feel whole. So, yeah. Well,
0: yeah, I really, really like that story because I think that like you, you got to the point on your control that you went like and moved in with the person yeah it's crazy but then the but then that's the the thing that i that i keep thinking when we talk about like spiritual and self-development work and things like that it's like you can do Yeah, but I guess like, I don't know, because I'm thinking while I'm speaking, um, because you could do the work on yourself. But if the other person is also not doing their part and you are not receiving what you need and what you desire and what you feel like you deserve, then it doesn't matter if you are like processing your control and then like releasing the control in the relationship if you're still feeling like you're not getting your needs met, you know? And I think that that is so important because I feel like there is this almost like this underlying message of like, it's a you problem, like it's always a me problem, you know? It's also me, like myself, the one that has to um, deal with all of the things and process all of the things and then like if I just ex- like and then accept the person as they are, like so you like releasing control and then accepting that he's an addict, you know, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. that he uses drug and then like you being like then you will accepting to be in that relationship in these circumstances, right? You know what I mean? Or like is it because maybe someone doesn't care that he's like that, then they will accept him, but then in your boundaries, it's, like, of, like, being sober and things like that, like, this is not, not, like, not acceptable for me, you know what I mean? I don't know, does it make sense? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, it makes total sense of, um because it just comes down to understanding and kind of just trusting yourself, right? Like, what we always talk about, what we've talked about before, and just knowing your boundaries within yourself and kind of knowing when it can just get a little too far too much. And also knowing, you know, what is okay for you may not be okay for someone else, or maybe okay for someone else. And instead of trying to change the other person to contort to your needs, granted, there is like a fine line with that stress your needs, like, hey, can you do this? But then also there is the acceptance of the person as they are. Like, do you like them as they are? Are you in love with this fantasy of who you think they should be, um, and not? And that's that's me not being in reality of no i think there's something i can still do you know it's me but it's no that's their journey and then deciding do i want to be with an addict <laughs> like hell fucking no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> like what do you do with a girlfriend <laughs> you know yeah. um but it, it, it's knowing when when you're triggered, what's that underlying motive? And you and you walked us through that in the beginning of the episode of asking yourself that work of like, oh, you know, what's coming up for me? Why am I okay with this? Do I like this? Da, 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 da. Um, Can I accept this? Uh, and, you know, that's why I'm such a huge proponent of doing this, this somatic work because you don't know what's what's stuck subconsciously you may you may rationalize it and think it logically with your mind but ultimately your body and your actions are saying something completely different
0: yeah and i think that it's so easy for us to self-abandon in the situations you know of like wanting because you want it so much that you're like i'm just gonna delete you know like either i think it's really interesting because either like you're going to control the other person try to control the other person or you're then going to accept it and then abandon yourself or sorry there's also the other point which is you accept it because it's not something like he's an addict you know <laughs> something like right right i don't know like uh i'm really upset that my partner doesn't do the dishes in the morning i'm going to like <laughs> either try to control him or Abandon him you know like I'm gonna leave because it doesn't do the dishes in the morning you know or something like that so I think it's also um yeah it's like so subtle and so like it depends so much on yourself and like your own reality your life your values your everything it's yeah like there's for sure not one size fits all I think to this
1: yeah yeah and I think to your point it's about. It's just about knowing what your non-negotiables are and getting enough experience to know what they are. I mean, granted, hopefully no one ever has to like go that far down the elevator, but just knowing yourself enough to know what you won't tolerate, not putting yourself in unsafe situations. Um, anything like that. But sometimes, for someone who grew up in a chaotic environment, that is their normal, and so there might be they might be subconsciously seeking that type of dynamic out. And so that's something to explore. You know, whether it's therapy, coach, whatever. You know, that's one piece.
0: And also, if the person this do this does decide to go down the elevator, like really, mm. really, really, really down it's still their own sovereignty. So we still have to accept that that person like goes down the elevator because like, for example, you had to get to that point to understand your boundaries and your limits. And I remember that all of my biggest and deepest transformations, they all came from these really dark places. No transformation came from like, I'm having such a great day. Oh my God, I had this insight. I'm going to change my life, you know? No (laughs) transformation came from this place. No. Like a transformation led me to this place. Like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. But transformations, they do come from a shadowy, muddy, sticky place, you know? So Yeah. yeah, and then like it goes back to this idea of sovereignty and trying to control whatever the other person is doing. And I don't know, sometimes it's really frustrating because we we also see what the other person can be. You know, we see the potential of the other person and we're like, oh my God, if you just did this and this and that, like, you could, I don't know, like, be so much expanded or, you know, like, you could get in so much more alignment and everything. But sometimes the person already feels in alignment and they already feel okay and they're already in their paths and or maybe sometimes they don't feel in alignment but they Mm -hmm. kind of have to go through that period you know to eventually go to that like ultimate potential that you see in them and it's gonna be in their time and I think that once you realize that then you're like you have to make a decision for yourself of, of is this an obsessive like, is this a control that I'm okay with surrendering? Or is this something that is important for me? And if it is, how can I bring it up and have this support me, like, create a structure that will support me? Or is this something that I won't tolerate? You know, like, in your case, for example, he was an addict, you didn't want to be with an addict, maybe he Is going to become sober, but it it would take him 10 years, you know? So then you have to decide, like, am I okay with staying with this person while he becomes sober without my timeline, like in his time, or am I not okay with this? And then deciding you know like real like i think that once you detach yourself from this expectation then you have to make a decision for the present moment not the future unexistent period of time in which you won't be an addict is the period of time of right now this is like this maybe this will change tomorrow maybe this won't change ever maybe it will change in 10 months in 10 years who knows Mm -hmm. but you can't make a decision from from the ah one day this no you have to make a decision from the now and then from the now also understanding how you can have your needs met i think that's really important and i think that that's where the control is also been, i don't want to say the uh, maybe aligned or supportive but it then it's not showing up as control but you know, the control, I think that ultimately it's like the control or the need for control is telling you something. It's like, I need control because I am afraid, like in my case, I'm afraid of feeling disconnected, okay? um, I need, therefore, from this fear, I need connection. Then going to my partner and saying, this is what I need. How can we make sure that I am receiving connection without you stepping over your boundaries so I can feel this. And I think that it's like a constant concession, you know? And then, like, in your case, for example, of your clients, it's like you feel the need to control, like, their process because you want a transformation. Like, what are you afraid of? That's a good question, actually. What are you What are you afraid of?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it kind of just goes back to the reflection, right? And my own experience of working with coaches where... I realized, okay, this experience wasn't great. I wouldn't do it again. And so for me, I, it's because I care, right? It always comes from care and concern, right? When you think about it at the root of it. Also of I don't want them to have an experience like I did. You know, I want them to, to see the value To And so it's really helping me look at what is the customer journey? How do I want them to experience you know, being in a session with me, what does that look like? Can I make it more unique to them? How can I be more present with them? All of those things. And so for me, that is ultimately the reason why is because I've had some experiences where it just wasn't that great. And I thought, okay, what the hell was that? I paid, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just want to make sure they get, they get bang for their buck like value. So like... <laughs> okay, I'm looking at your vision and are we moving towards it, you know? Mm. Um, And so it comes from a good place, but then also knowing I care about my clients and I want them to feel better and I hope that they feel better. Um, And I was talking about it with someone else who said they were having issues with their consulting clients in terms of like making sure that they valued the experience. And so he just kept asking them and it's almost – it's also like this confidence issue of relinquishing the outcome and knowing that you're being present and doing enough and that, you know, you have faith and you're confident in your skill set and what you bring forth and all of that. And just knowing that, and that you don't need to check in every time. It's kind of like when you're in a relationship and you're always asking them, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? <laughs> and just trusting, right? Just trusting, letting the work do the work, all of that stuff. So All kind of mired in all those different elements.
0: Yeah, and I also think like managing expectations and creating this mindset shifts of like kind of like going to the person and saying like stating like okay, my job, like my you know like if you want to get here, it's a co creation. So Mm -hmm. like you have to do your part. I'm having to do my part, but. Almost so the person understands that they have a responsibility in that yeah. process, you know? And I think that if you know that, like, when you ask yourself, like, the why and then you know it, then you can put the structure into place without without it being from, like, a mental controlling, but, like, with a structure that will support you and help you feel free in your practice, you know, so like you will get to the sessions and feel way more free, way more flowy, way more aligned with whatever you're doing without feeling like you need to put certain things in the session to make sure that they are doing it and blah, blah, blah. And then getting all anxious, like at night, like, oh my God, are they doing what I thought, you know, and things (laughs) like that. So I think that that's really important to also have and I think that when sometimes when we talk about spirituality, we talk so much about like flow and mirrors and like it's a you problem and look at yourself and self-awareness and blah, 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 that we forget the 3D reality, like the action steps of the 3D reality. It's like, those are my needs and this is what I need from like this relationship. And then just like visualizing it you know it's like it's like you are in a relationship and then like instead of communicating it to your partner you're like okay so now I'm gonna like write out this list of like all of my needs and then I'm gonna sit down and visualize this and I'm sure my boyfriend will pick up on it like (laughs) or you can just go and communicate it to them and then like set like um I don't know, like create a game plan for that to happen, you know, and make sure that you are showing up for yourself and not Mm -hmm. abandoning yourself and like spiritually bypassing your self-abandonment, basically.
1: (laughs) But you bring up a good point because sometimes it can be in the spiritual world super um, woo-woo very much in the spiritual plane rather than in the material plane. And um I like how your actions are very much, they're tangible. You know, they're very grounded. Do you have a lot of earth signs in your I'm in your a Taurus.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Taurus. My horizon is in Cancer. And my moon is like the first degree of Gemini. So some astrologers say it's Taurus. Some astrologers say it's Gemini.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So very much, you know, initially you talked about, oh, being out of the body, but the the tools and the practices, what you preach is very much being embodied, you know?
0: But that's, but I think it's because like when I first got into spirituality and while I was working for this spiritual company, mm-hmm. it was so much out of the body. And for me, it was mm-hmm. so taxing and overwhelming and unreal it's like unrealistic you know it's like this is not like I don't know like I know that you know ultimately in a soul level this is all matrix and this is a dream and blah 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 but you're still living in it you know so like stop pretending that you're not like stop pretending that you don't have a body that you don't have to pay your stuff like stop pretending that you don't live in this reality you know and I I saw so many people doing like there's this story I don't think I've ever told you this. So I was working for this company and we partnered with another company. And at some point we were like selling this course, this online course in partnership with like the two companies together. Oh, honestly, the things that I've seen. Okay, so yeah, so we were selling this course and everything. And we priced it at 350, 350 Brazilian reais. That's a normal price for a course, for an online course. It was filled, like packed with content, packed, really like 1000 hours of content, you know, it was crazy. So it was like a really good price, not expensive, normal, whatever. And both of them, like, they had quite, a, like, a good following, like, over 50k on Instagram. The Their courses, you know, used to sell a lot, like, sold out, blah, blah, blah. But this course specifically, it wasn't selling that well. And I studied marketing. I studied communication. I was like, guys, it's not selling because it's been really badly communicated. Maybe we can, like, you know, step it up on the communication, maybe do some events, maybe we can... Pay like an ad on fucking Instagram or something, you know, like, or talk about it more, or I don't know, like, just sh- let's just straight change the communication strategy of this. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is what I studied, this is what I work with, and that's what that was my role on like the company and everything. And we also were working with an agency, um, and they were telling the same thing, like, basically, we're we were all like saying the same thing, however, this owner of the other company she she's like the spiritual guru and she was like guys no i received a message yesterday from the divine and we need to drop the price from 350 to 99 and when we do that we will sell 1000 courses which which would like be 1 million you know i was like Ugh. You're really going to drop the price of a course from $350 to $99 without explaining anything with us having already sold, like, some courses, you know? Out of nowhere, just being, like, dropped the price, not, like, sale, you know? Just out of nowhere. Guys, we decided to drop the price, you know? Like, how the fuck will a customer perceive that? They will see it and they'll be like, there's something wrong with the course, The price that like it's dropped in value, it's like there's something wrong, you know? It's sketchy, it's weird. Like the customer perception of this in marketing terms, it's weird. So I was like, guys, like, and in marketing, like the four P's, if you ever like seen this or like seven P's, I was like, okay, so the problem is not the P of price, it's the P of promotion. So that people don't see the value on it, so that's too expensive, it's that it's badly communicated. They're like, no, 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 but the divine said that. How do you argue with the divine of someone? You can't. You can't. (laughs) You can't. There's no (laughs) way. So I was like, yeah, but my divine said that you should give me all of the money from this company. You know, like you can't, you can't argue with it. So I was like, okay, so I guess, you know, your divine is better than mine. You are the guru. So you know better. Your intuition is, your connection is more clear. Your channel is more open. So who the fuck give like who gives a fuck about what i think in my studies so whatever we dropped the price to 99 did we sell 1000 you did you know we, no, oh, did we didn't no of course we didn't of <laughs> course <laughs> we, d- we did drop the price and we did not sell 1000 we didn't <laughs> because the problem was not in the p of price like it's so <laughs> simple you know and like this is just a funny like weird story but for me it comes back to this idea that like for so many years i was like living in this type of world in this type of environment that it was like spiritually bypassing anything any knowledge that you had any feeling that you felt any idea that you had because the divine of someone was communicating something else you know so it's like your idea your knowledge is useless because my divine told me that you know or it's like my divine told me x so now you have to work until like i don't know midnight to make that happen you know so it's like really out of the body and that traumatized me like i'm not kidding like it traumatized me to the point of like when I see spiritual, like overly spiritual things, it makes me triggered. Like I'm like, oh my god, spiritual communities like Kirtans or like dances. I'm like, ugh, I don't like it. Cause I cause I know how like coaty it can be, you know, and how like yes. completely disconnected from reality people can like it's completely disconnected from reality. So I nowadays like I try to always bring it back to like the reality in some way because you are Mm -hmm. in a body and like you live in planet earth and it's like yes the universe is an abundant being but I also have to pay something tomorrow you know so I'm not gonna overwhelm my nervous system
1: by spiritually bypassing everything like I'm not you know right Right. Because not being in your body is a way of spiritual bypassing if you're just sitting on your fucking couch meditating all day, waiting for things to happen. Right. If you're not out in the world showing up for your life, and that's it. You know, like I think there are just so many other aspects to even just manifestation that I hear people talk about all the time, other than just feeling as if you, you, it's going to happen and all of this stuff. And, you know, there's that level of self-worth that understanding yourself that there's just so many different things. And so it's like just having that balance of, okay, (laughs) there can be a little bit of woo-woo. There can be a little bit of practicality. You know, how do you just merge the two? Um, And I feel like, I think that would be a really good topic for another episode of just I don't know about you, but I, I mean, just different cults that we see in this spiritual world.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. triggers, <laughs> triggers, triggers. Yeah, sometimes, honestly, like I, like nowadays, when I think about it, I am sure that I was in a cult and I didn't, but, but I didn't know it. Like, I didn't realize it, you know, like we yeah. were all dressing the same kind of like really similar kind of the same we all Uh had the same like oh like the same way of speaking and then we like just relinquished our we kept relinquishing relinquishing oh my god relinquishing how do i pronounce that word (laughs) relinquishing relinquishing whatever that word (laughs) we just kept doing that For other, for like the guru, you know, like the person who knew more. And that's so detrimental. And that's, again, why I talk so much about sovereignty, about you trusting your intuition. Like there were multiple times in this period of time in which I received an intuition, but I chose to not trust it and trust the guru's intuition because they had the more clear communication. Then after two, three years, I found out that actually my first intuition was Correct, quote unquote, you know. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's honestly crazy, and I think that, I think that for me, like, I'm really open to like ultra spirituality, surrender, go. Like, for example, like the book that I love, like the Surrender Experience experiment by Michael Singer. He's an amazing guy, and his story is amazing. And he really went into the woods and he meditated and blah 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 and everything, and this worked for him. And I'm so mm-hmm. glad that it did and I wouldn't have him do anything else that was that. But what I think that it's like my main message is don't kid yourself and delete yourself from what is going to work or not for you. So don't pretend that sitting on in the middle of the woods is working for you because Michael Singer did it and you want to achieve the same state of surrender that did, that he did. If your nervous system can't take it, then don't do it. Maybe you will not do it for 10 years, and then you will do it for the last 10 years of your life. But don't pretend that someone else knows better than you. And for me, what I've realized is that I am a person that is... That I need some certain things in place so I can feel like my nervous system is being supported so I can take action. So, yes, sometimes I can really surrender and say, like, I don't care about like consistent money because I'll go to Portugal with a one way plane ticket like I did. Like, great. I did that. And for some months that worked for me. And then at some point I was like, I need safety and I don't care if. Michael Singer doesn't need safety, if Eckhart Tolle doesn't need safety, I, Camille Minervo, in my body in this present moment of 2021, 2022, I need safety. So I went after that, you know? And I'm not gonna, like, go there and be, like, journaling, like, why do I feel like I need safety and then being, like, spiritually bypassing me and being, like you actually don't need safety because you are a spiritual being. So this is only a, you know, a matrix reality, which maybe it is true, but it still is not supportive to my human self and not compassionate to my human self. If I'm just like kidding myself that I can just, be someone else and maybe I want to get to the point in which I have so much trust and everything and I believe that I can get to that point but I'm not going to pretend that I'm already there if Mm -hmm. I am here and I deserve certain things that I want that them to be in place so they're supportive to me because this is like self this is self-love this is self-compassion it's like meeting yourself where you are then giving those things to yourself while you are building that other version of yourself or their most aligned and authentic version of yourself or however you want to call it but like don't force yourself in a box like in a spiritual or whatever personal development box like if you're not there just me and that's not wrong it's just Mm -hmm. Mm self-confession
1: absolutely and I love just um where we went with this it's like initially in our conversation it was like like oh my God, wow yeah. Um, initially in our conversation of you know the need for control. and then ultimately, what you and I both just riff on and love talking about is how it always comes back to yourself, right of trusting yeah. yourself, your authority being the guardian of your authority. Um, and knowing when you need to exercise that level of control in your life with other people and what feels good to you um yeah No, I love this I love just (laughs) everything that we touched upon (laughs) yeah me too honestly
0: but I like I'm sure that there's another name for like it's not I'm sure that there's another name for control that's why I'm trying to use structure like putting Mm. like instead of because like like i'm thinking as if like we have like a frequency and like the low vibrational of it is control and like the high vibrational of it is structure but i don't know like it can be control as well but i think it's just like a word for a vibration of like creating support and structure for yourself and i still think that the control thing goes into everything that we're talking here like in the end you know like Instead of mm-hmm. controlling your, your like we talk about controlling other people's spiritual journey, but then instead of controlling your own spiritual journey and that you should look like Michael Singer or Eckhart Tolle or whatever, it's like recognizing and accepting who you are right now and then putting the structure needed for you to best support yourself in the moment that you are, then doing that to yourself and then to others in your relationship, in your coaching business, with your family, with your job, whatever. But I think it's always, yeah, for sure it starts or it all always goes back to you. But it's also interesting because we didn't talk about, like, we didn't think about how our own control with our own spiritual journeys, and then how we can like best support that. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that we're ending on this as well. I know that'll that'll be part two. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god, I love talking to you. I always feel like I'm in a flow state. Like I just go up this like um UFO. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Speaking of, we go into a different realm.
0: This different, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Completely out of reality because my divine said no, just kidding, but really I I'm I'm glad that I got to share this story over here because honestly, yeah. Well, when I remember it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) I'm just accepting it. And I have more of that, and they are worse, but I'm not gonna keep this one for (laughs) another episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I always
0: love talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And okay, again,
1: let us know where people can find you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So you can find me on my website at lisamacoaching.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I have the same username, Lisa May Coaching. Um, we will put it in the show notes, but it's always, always a fun time at the Blossom Experiment. Always happy to be here.
0: Oh, my God. I always love talking to you. Thank you so much for coming back, and we'll see each other you'll come back again for sure
1: yeah (laughs) bye
0: as always thank you so much for listening and tuning in if you want to connect with lisa you can do so on the links that are on the show notes if you want to connect with me there are also my links on the show notes i am building a mini online course on how to travel with your intuition so it's It will be a four, I think, module course on how to connect with your intuition and the pillars of and foundational pillars, quote unquote, let's say, for you to start traveling with your intuition. And it's basically things that I've learned in the past two years and a half of traveling with my intuition. And I'll also be adding like a cute yoga class over there. Um, It's just I want to create. Um, a space for people to connect to their intuitions and understand how they can do that and create a relationship with it so they can travel or even do other things but I'll be focusing on travel so if you're interested in that please make sure to dm me on instagram with your email so as soon as this comes out which will be in the next couple of months or hopefully just one month I'll be uh, sending you this email so yes let me know what you're also interested in receiving from me and And if you want me to answer any other things on intuition, authentic self, manifesting authentically and things like that, just DM me on Instagram as well. I always love to connect with you all over there. So, yeah, make sure to share this episode with someone who might benefit from it. Leave this podcast a review share this podcast on your social media and what you learn from it and tag me and Lisa on it as well we love to connect and just create a community around this type of subjects I hope you create a very beautiful and authentic week and I'll catch you up on the next episode bye